Investment advisory services provided by Drake & Associates, LLC, a state of Wisconsin registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through a separate company, Loft Financial Advisory Group, LLC, a Wisconsin insurance agency. Clients are under no obligation to purchase any recommended insurance products. Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. While we believe the information in the show is reliable, we cannot guarantee its accuracy. Neither Drake & Associates or Loft Financial Advisory Advisory Group accepts any liability for the use of the information discussed. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and are not intended as investment advice or a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Please consult your financial professional before making any investment decision. Before you start planning your retirement party, make sure you've got your retirement plan. You can never be too prepared for life after work, and we're here to help. This is Retirement Ready with Tony Drake on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Welcome, everybody, to the Retirement Ready Show. I'm Tony Drake, Certified Financial Planner, joined this week by Brad Allen. have a great topic for folks this week. Uh, kind of an interesting question. What do Kevin Bacon, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Alec Baldwin all have in common? Well, they actually all turned 60 this year. Could you believe that? We grew Can't up... Uh, watching a lot of them in movies and shows and whatnot. But, um, you know, if you have that in common, maybe you're turning 60, there's a lot you can do to plan for your retirement. So this week we're going to focus on some financial priorities if you're either in that age group in your 60s or maybe rapidly approaching it. So I think it begs the question, Brad, do most people retire in their 60s? Yeah, I mean, 63 is the average retirement age in the, in the United States. However, it's, it's important to remember that it's just an average. You know, about 20% of workers stay on the job until 70 or beyond. That includes almost 10% of people who are still working at age 80. You know, whether you retire in your 60s or not, there are some important financial steps everyone should take in this decade of life. And, you know, planning for the future, maybe you're not planning on retiring right away at 62, but, you know, plan out for what that day actually is and, and how soon it's going to come. Yeah, I think that can be overwhelming for a lot of people, too. You know, some folks, you know, we found it's pretty emotional transition time. You know, people, maybe they're great savers and they're putting money away and, you know, the market corrects. Of course, we've had some volatility, pretty decent week last week, but... Right. You know, we've had some volatility and people are concerned, but you say, oh, you know, I'm working, things are going to come back around, no big deal. Now, suddenly, not only are you not working anymore, you know, you don't have that income to replace it, but now you're told you have to take money out, mm -hmm. you know, and it begs that big question, you know, do I have enough money? Am I going to be okay? And I think folks get you know, pretty concerned about that, understandably, and they, they want to know, you know, am I going to be okay? And do I have enough? And how much is too much to take out? Right. How much, you know, may, maybe it's also too little, right? Some people say I want to spend it all, you know, so how much is too little? What can I do? Can I do some of the things I've been dreaming about? Yeah, it's one of the scariest things, you know, you get into retirement, and you've been working for all your life. And all of a sudden, you're starting to draw from the accounts people have told you not to touch your entire life. You know, and that can be a, a scary transition. And unless you have put together a plan ahead of time, you know, a lot of people just aren't prepared for the stress that comes along with that. Yeah, that can be such a stressful time. But I think that's where, you know, when we talk about education first firm, that's where it's important to whomever you're working with, or maybe, maybe you're doing it yourself. There's nothing wrong with that. If sure. you take the time to really educate yourself and plan properly, but you know, make sure you have the numbers, you know, make sure you feel comfortable. I think there's a difference in the, you know, the classes I teach to advisors all over, you know, we talk about really getting away from this concept where you say, 
you know, maybe you've been in the business for 10 years, you feel really comfortable, you can almost instantly look at a budget number, kind of calculate inflation in your head, maybe some conservative returns and say, boy, this couple's got enough. And you say, boy, Brad, don't worry about it, you're going to be just fine. But you know, for the average couple, the average retiree, that's not putting their minds at ease and that's not helping them because, you know, naturally, and, and some folks are better asking it than others, but they're thinking based on what, mm-hmm. you know, what, what does that mean? Is that based on, you know, 12% rates of return? Is it based on CD rates at 1%? Is it based on the market never really substantially correcting again for the rest of my life? Is it based on, you know, strong decades, weak decades, you know, what's inflation like? Are we closer to the sub 2% numbers we've seen lately? Or, you know, the 100 year average is almost three and a quarter percent. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about inflation to cool down the economy. So I think educating yourself and feeling putting yourself in a position where you feel comfortable asking those questions. You know, we talk about that Bill of Rights and folks have a right to get their questions asked. Yeah, answered. it's really all about the why. You know, why am I going to be okay? Why Why is it going to work out in the end? So you want to, you know, you don't want to just plan to, to live to 100 and, and have this amount of money left, but you have to put it through the taxes. You have to put it through the economies that don't do well. And that's all part of putting together a retirement plan that kind of accounts for everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, and and you bring up some great points because that word means so many different things to so many different people. You know, what is it you're trying to accomplish? Is it traveling the world? Is it, you know, staying at home? And I think addressing that first Mm -hmm. is probably a better first conversation than a hot new fund or average rate of return or all this uh, technical data we can get into important things. But, you know, it has to start somewhere with what am I trying to accomplish? That's why I think these... If you take out a certain percentage or less or you have to have a certain amount of dollars, it really all comes down to what you're spending and what your income is. If you're fortunate enough to have Social Security maximized, you know, you sat down with someone and really figured out the best way to take Social Security or you're blessed with a big pension and you're Mm -hmm. living on your income sources, well, maybe you can take some more risk. Maybe you can worry a little bit less about you know, how much I'm spending because first of the month is payday, right? Even though you're retired, you're getting these new deposits. Same and day every month at the same time. Yeah, it sure makes, a, sure makes a big difference. So, you know, when we come back from the break, we're going to talk a little bit more on some priorities for your 60s and how to properly plan for retirement. You're with the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. Getting you ready to sail into the sunset. This is Retirement Ready with Tony Drake on WTMJ. Welcome back to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. I'm Tony Drake, Certified Financial Planner. Really neat topic. We're talking about some comparisons to some famous actors and actresses that are all turning 60 this year and kind of what you can do to plan for that decade or maybe you're rapidly approaching it or thinking about retiring in your 60s. You know, what can you do? And Brad, we talked a little bit about, you know, folks age and and when they're retiring average age is uh, 63 but Mm -hmm. it's really about you know feeling educated feeling ready and really feeling prepared and we want to talk about how to prep for that this weekend as always if folks have questions you can always email them in at uh excuse me at radio at wealthwisconsin.com that's radio at wealthwisconsin.com and we'll address those questions every week and we want to make sure we we answer those for you. We talk about being the education first firm and, you know, what does that mean? And that's really a philosophy we hold here at the firm about making sure you're comfortable making the decisions that are so important in retirement because 
that can be such an overwhelming transition. But, you know, if we can give you some simple data, and it can be as detailed and as deep as someone wants or, or at least a basic understanding that we're looking at, you know, risk. We're looking at inflation. We're looking at your spending needs. And, and just to get you comfortable answering that question, do I have enough? Am I going to be okay? And that probably leads into the next topic about your 60s, Brad, which is savings. Save, 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 right? Yeah, many 60-somethings are behind on their retirement savings. And this is a decade to, that you really want to start building that up. The average save, saving goal for someone who's 60-plus is $300,000. However, the reality is that they only have an average of about 50000 saved. So take advantage of catch-up contributions to retirement savings accounts, which kick in at age 50, you know, younger workers are capped at $18,500 per year in their 401ks and $5,500 in their IRAs for 2018. However, older workers can save an additional $6,000 in their 401ks and an, an additional $1,000 in their IRAs. So if you're getting to that point, you're trying to catch up, there are some great ways to do that. Yeah, those catch-up provisions are important. And, you know, I think as you inch closer to retirement or maybe you're recently retired, you know, maxing out those savings is definitely the way to go. If you haven't already retired, it's a wonderful time to meet with your financial advisor. We talk about the difference between a fiduciary and a broker. N no judgments there, no right or wrong answers, but just understand the relationship that you have. Is your relationship commission-based? Is it fee-based? Are they a fiduciary? What does that mean? Well, you know, are they legally bound to put your interests ahead of theirs? little bit different standard again not right or wrong you may want a broker you may want to buy a certain fund or a stock and hold on to it for 20 years and maybe from a fee perspective that's a better route using a broker that's just getting paid one time up front but if you want that ongoing advice you want you know direction tax strategies social security strategies you know maybe you say my risk is different i don't want to just buy and hold something because now i'm at a stage of life where I need to actually withdraw. That's a big difference in retirement. We're now taking money out. And if we can visualize that, you know, returns in the market kind of like a roller coaster, if we smooth them all out, you know, grandma, grandpa, mom, dad, somebody at some point in our life said, you know, buy low, right? And right. sell so, high. I mean, kind of investing 101, if you will. But, you know, the disadvantage when we're supplementing income in retirement, which is okay. I mean, that's why we saved in the first place is, you know, we don't get the luxury to say, well, I'm not going to pay the electric bill this mm -hmm. month, or I'm not going to make the house payment, or I'm not going to pay my insurance premiums because the market's down this month. We saw that in February and March, a little bit of volatility, and most people don't have the luxury to say, well, I'll just let it rebound. I'm in it for the long haul. So, you know, maybe we have different buckets of investment, or hopefully you've had an advisor that's kind of planned for some of those different time periods, because I think that's really important. So, you know, for those that want some more details in a dive in, I will apologize. I feel like I'm saying this almost weekly and I feel terrible, but the classes for this month are completely full. We just unfortunately have no wiggle room to get anybody else in, but we've added some classes in May. I'm kind of following the tax season. Maybe you wrote some big checks and, <laughs> you know, sent some money into the IRS. But, you know, following that, we are going to um, add some of the first uh couple days of may may 2nd and may 3rd we're going to be over in wauwatosa magianos starting at 10 30 really focusing on required minimum distributions i think that's challenging do i have to take them out are there ways to avoid that better ways from a tax perspective 500 ways to turn on social security you know if we maximize that we don't have to take as much out of the nest egg so our money lasts a lot longer and then the last one i think is really important and it's timely and that's tax strategies you know i don't think there's enough 
conversation in our industry about how to really keep us in a low tax bracket for the next 20 or 30 years. And a lot of folks are saying, okay, last year's taxes are done now. Mm-hmm. You know, how do I accomplish and tackle this new tax bill? What What's in it for me? There's this eight-year kind of reprieve or tax cut for individual tax rates. Is there something I can do to take advantage of that? So we'll address that. You can register at wealthwisconsin.com or give us a call. We'd be happy to get you signed up at 414-409-7226. You're with the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. Getting you ready for retirement the right way. This is Retirement Ready with Tony Drake on WTMJ. Good afternoon. This is the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. I'm Tony Drake, certified financial planner, joined by none other than Brad Allen, right? I'm here. Exciting topic. You know, how do we uh, plan for retirement? What are some things we can do to prep? Or maybe we're in our 60s facing some challenges and need to kind of consider what to do to uh, prep for that. And first one's maybe not the most popular, but it's it, it, sometimes, you know, maybe I shouldn't phrase it that way. I think sometimes it's out of necessity from when you come up with an implant, but sometimes it's from choice and that's going job hunting. Yeah. It may seem counterintuitive to look for work when you're on the brink of retirement, but work is pretty common part of retirement these days. You know, a study found that many retirees experience what they call a sugar rush right after they retire where they're, they're happy and feeling good. However, if boredom does sink in, their quality of life can drop significantly. So we see a lot of retirees going back to work, whether it's just to keep themselves busy or just to bring in some extra income. You know, I have a lot of clients that will go back to work because they want to wait on Social Security. But in the meantime, you know, they, they want to bring in some income. So many retirees find part-time jobs to, to pass the time and keep them feeling fulfilled. You know, a common scenario is to stay in the same line of work, possibly, you know, even uh, work for the same company as a consultant. I see a lot of people doing that these days. You know, you have a lot of millennials coming into the, the workplace and they don't have the experience that a lot of the retirees these days had. So there's a lot of opportunities, maybe even the same job you had before to go in and consult and, and, and start to teach people uh, these newcomers coming in, some of the, the old ways of doing things. And, and there's a lot of need for that. Yeah. And I think you bring up a good point. You know, sometimes it's a necessity. We do that income plan and we're just short, you know, with either spending habits or lack of planning. Maybe there's some income need, but oftentimes it is just, you know, feeling like you're really an expert in that arena and want to do something. And sometimes I think it boils down with my clients to, you know, there's something I've always thought of, or, you know, I, or I've wanted to try. And, you know, and sometimes, you know, about three and five, in fact, according to a recent study, I read shift gears completely finding new lines of work. And if you're looking for a fresh start, you know, maybe it's driving for Uber or working as a substitute teacher in an area that you're really experienced at. You know, one of the benefits of the part-time job is the income that it can bring in, but, you know, that can cause your savings to last a lot longer. We often talk about that three-legged stool of income in retirement. And, and for most retirees, it's pension, if you're fortunate enough to have one, which isn't all of us anymore. It's the Social Security strategies we talk about getting the most we can out of there. Mm-hmm. Social Security, you know, grows at 8% a year between full retirement and the age of 70. Pretty phenomenal guaranteed growth. And then there's that nest egg and becomes this game of how much am I taking out of the nest egg? Both out of necessity, how much is going to Uncle Sam, but if I have income, in addition to maybe my pension, Social Security, I don't have to maybe touch the nest egg at all or maybe a reduced percentage. 
causing it to last a lot longer. So that can make a big, big difference. Yeah, and, you know, I see people all the time, you know, a part-time job, you hear the word job and it sounds like a hassle sometimes, but it can be doing something you love. Maybe you're a great craftsman, and, and now with the Internet, you can sell some some of your work online and, and make some extra income. There's so many different things that you could do that are things that you enjoy, and, you know, that's something that I see a lot of people these days doing. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And for folks that have questions on any retirement topic, happy to address them on the air. You can always email them in at radio at wealthwisconsin.com. That's radio at wealthwisconsin.com. And Brad, we got a question this week. We do. It's from Kim in Appleton. And her question is, I'm trying to figure out how my Social Security is taxed. Is it taxed as ordinary income? You know, I just want to figure it out because I plan on uh, starting Social Security later this year. Yeah, and that's a great question. And the question is, maybe. It is taxed as ordinary income if it's taxable. Question is, maybe it's based on a formula we call provisional income, which takes half of your Social Security benefit, any ordinary income, which, remember, folks, is required minimum distributions, any interest income, and then even tax-free interest is included back in that formula. None of it can be included or up to 85% of it. Not 85% tax rate, but 85% of the Social Security at your current tax rate. So that's why we talk about tax strategies. This is one of the things that's really important because if we can maintain a better tax strategy, maybe we can lower your RMDs by the time you hit 70s. There's a number of different ways to do that. Not only, you know, is that not taxable income and maybe we have some of your money growing income tax-free, but now you keep more of your Social Security and the magic Think back to that stool for a second, that three-legged stool. If I'm When I'm taking my Social Security, if less of that is going to Uncle Sam, then I don't have to take as much out of my nest egg. So it's all these really neat pieces that start to weave together. That's why it's important to get educated. That's why we believe in education first. Certainly not going to be a fit for everybody, but wherever you are, take the time to really understand the tax strategies, understand how Social Security is taxed, understand Roth conversions, how all these pieces kind of meld together to really create a successful plan where you know you're in the best spot for the long term. Because that's what you know we're really talking about is longevity. So coming up after the break, we're going to talk about spending strategies, some Social Security strategies, and how to deal with required minimum distributions. You're with the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. We now join Retirement Ready, already in progress on WTMJ. Tax strategies. How does this all meld together? What are some things we can do now to really control tax brackets for the next 20 and 30 years, particularly when it comes to the new tax code. Love Trump or not, you know, there's some things you can do because of this new tax code that can really set yourself up to be in a good position, at least for most of us uh, in retirement here. But that's an eight-year reprieve. Unless something changes, the individual tax cut only lasts uh, about eight years. But, you know, this week we're talking about, you know, strategies in our 60s and things we can do. And, and spending becomes a big issue because overspending in the early years of retirement can leave you in an entirely difficult situation later in life if you haven't planned for it. I'm not saying you can't spend or do that travel, but it has to be built into a budget and part of an income plan. You know, you should plan to live into your late 80s, maybe 90s. We often, Brad, project out to age 100 mm-hmm. to err on the conservative side, but Many people believe they can spend 7% or more of their, you know, retirement savings each year. But, you know, spending rate typically should be a lot less than that. Again, it's very dependent on your income. You know, do you have a pension? Have you maximized Social Security? But, you know, take a look at that. Create an income plan so you really know, am I spending too much? Because that's a big fear for everybody. But other big one we talk about a lot, Brian, we're going to talk about in May. For folks that want to come out to that class, you can 
Go to wealthwisconsin.com and register right there. You can call the office at 414-409-7226. But what about Social Security, Brad? Yeah, Social Security is a big one. You're going to hit full retirement age uh, in your 60s, depending on the year you were born. So many people think age 65 is full retirement age, which it was for many years. But full retirement age has been pushed back a little bit. You may not hit full retirement age until 66 or 67 now. Uh, You can find out your full retirement age on the IRS's website. You can file for Social Security as early as 62, but your benefit is going to be permanently reduced by 25%. So let's say 66 years old is is 100% of your benefit. If you take Social Security at 62, you're going to get about 75% of it. You know, there's a big bonus for delaying or, or your your Social Security. Every year it goes up 8% per year after 66 years old. So if you're looking to get some growth out of Social Security, maybe it makes sense to draw from other areas first. We were talking about that part-time job, maybe getting a part-time job instead and letting Social Security grow. The idea is Social Security is one of the only things that's going to grow at that fast of a pace guaranteed. You know, So what can you do to increase Social Security? And I'm not saying waiting till 70 is the right thing for everybody. You, know, you have different break-even points. Maybe it makes sense to take Social Security earlier on in retirement because you don't have a, a long, the longevity gene. You know, there's all all sorts of things that you have to consider uh, some of those, these things that we're going to be talking at at the class or if you do come into the office we create you know a social security strategy report there's 500 different ways you can take it mathematically what is the most you can get versus if you took it right away and what is the difference between those and I think I mean it's a line that you always say I'm going to steal from you but it's about thinking about social security maybe as an asset mm-hmm. you know what other assets could potentially grow at eight percent guaranteed I'm not aware of any, you know, and, you know, it's just about thinking it as part of a bigger plan. And when you come in and Brad, you know, creates that report for you, remember, you know, there's no right or wrong answers. It's just about being educated. We're going to show you if your goal is getting the most dollars and cents out of Social Security, a benefit that you've earned, and you think longevity is on your side, you're going to leave at least to life expectancy or later. Maybe you have the longevity gene, you're healthy, then we're going to show you. Now, you may say, I'm not healthy. I have a major health problem I'm dealing with or I want to spend it. No, that's okay. We can plan for that and we can put the reduced benefit in your plan as well. But my point is have the education, have the numbers, have the data so you're making a conscious decision. It's all about why are you doing what you do. We talk about the why a lot. Why would I wait till 70 to take Social Security versus taking it at 62? Yeah, and I think when you make that educated choice, it makes you feel a lot more comfortable, which is inevitably the big goal is making sure you're comfortable with the choices you're making so you're not up at 3 in the morning pacing the house wondering what did I do or why did I do it. After the break, we're going to talk about health, big big concern in retirement, and we'll talk about those required minimum distributions. You're with the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. Answering all of your retirement questions on Retirement Ready with Tony Drake on WTMJ. Welcome back to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. I'm joined this week by Brad Allen, financial advisor. I'm Tony Drake with Drake & Associates, certified financial planner. Talking about, I think, a pretty pertinent topic, you know, and what should be your financial priorities in your 60s, whether you're in your 60s, kind of contemplating, can I do it? I think we get that question a lot. Mm -hmm. or. Or, you know, when should I do it? What should the process be? And, you know, there's a, there's a lot to tackle. So it's about getting your arms around that data and maybe finding somebody that, that can help you sort through that. And please feel free to send in questions. We had a great question earlier in the hour. And you could send those in at radio at wealthwisconsin.com. That's radio 
at wealthwisconsin.com, and we'll address those on the air each week. But I think a big concern for folks, Brad, is health. You know, it's a major um, expense, I guess, in retirement, but it's also one of those that's sometimes a little bit challenging to figure out how much am I going to spend. Yeah, I mean, healthcare is one of the biggest expenses in retirement. The average man who is 65 years old today will spend nearly 190000 on healthcare in retirement. Whoa. While the average woman will spend $215,000, and those numbers don't include the cost of long-term care. You know, you become eligible for Medicare at age 65, which offers benefits for seniors to help stay, you know, on top of their health, like free annual wellness visits and, and other health screenings. Take advantage of these services because it could help you catch concerns early and avoid a bigger bill later. You may also want to consider long-term care insurance if you don't have it already. You know, up to 70% of seniors will need long-term care, which is not cheap. You know, a nursing home can cost $82,000 per year, and an assisted living home can add up to $43,000 per year. So buying long-term care in your 60s or even your 50s can help bring down some of those costs. What you have to be careful of is, you know, how much is that going to add to your budget? How much is that going to cost? Are the premiums going to keep going up over the years? So things you want to be careful of with long-term care insurance, but if you can get it early enough, it can be huge. Makes a big difference. And I, and I know the topics are scary, right? I mean, none of us want, want, to, want to sit down and think about what happens if I wind up in a nursing home, right? What, what am I going to do to my loved one financially? Mm-hmm. What's going to happen to me, the quality of care? You know, those are really uncomfortable topics. I mean, we all see the commercials, right? It's a, you know, 110-year-old couple riding the beach in Hawaii and, you know, <laughs> sprinting up a mountain. And I'm being a little facetious here, but, you know, I think the media either t- tends to over-romanticize it or on the flip side, you know, we, we get some really scary. If you don't have X, if you're spending more than Y, you know, you're in trouble. And again, deep breath. Right. You know, if we can just look at the data, try to take the emotions out of it, as hard as that is on this topic, it's hard to remove emotions when you think about someone you've loved your entire life passing away, or you think about your loved one winding up in a nursing home, or maybe we say, well, I'm just going to care for him at home. Wonderful thing if you can. I think the problem there becomes... You know, what if the condition is so severe you can't? Mm-hmm. Or what if physically you can't lift or bathe or, or do something for that person because they're not able to maintain activities of daily living? You know, then what? Well, you say, I'm going to get home health care. Well, again, great option. Who wouldn't want to stay at home? But God forbid the conditions deteriorate to the point where the home health care agency says, I don't want the liability or we just can't care for this level of condition in a home anymore right and you look going back to that retirement plan what is your ultimate goal you know is your goal to leave a legacy for your family and if so what is your plan for long-term care they call it the number one transfer of wealth in the country for a reason there's 10,000 baby boomers retiring you know every day and and 70 percent are going to need some kind of long-term care assistance so what does supply and demand say If, if the rooms aren't available what happens with the price so you have to assume that prices will keep going up and how do you account for that how do you put that into a plan yeah i think that's important and again it's, it's just planning for it you know there's also you know only about seven percent of people over the age of 65 have long-term care insurance so mm-hmm. you say boy for whatever reason 93 percent of the retired population just isn't responding to that type of product and why is that is it the high cost maybe it's the fear that the cost will escalate and oftentimes they do it's not a, a fixed guaranteed premium 
as we age, they can't pick us out individually, but they can raise everyone in our age group and our zip code. So now statistically you get to the age where you might need it and the price goes up. So you either have to lower your benefits to keep the price the same, or maybe you're on a fixed income and you eliminate it. There are some alternative ways to deal with it. Maybe it's working with an elder law attorney and protecting assets through a trust. There's now some long-term care alternative products where you say, boy, I don't want to spend all the money on premiums for 20 or 30 years and I'm that lucky 50% that never needs it. And now all that money's out the window. I think it's a valid concern, but what's not valid is to just ignore it, right? To be the ostrich, stick your head in the sand and say, just not going to happen to me, you know, or, or I have a lot of husbands say, honey, take me out to the woodshed, you know, <laughs> but, you know, l- let's just address it. Whatever you decide, maybe you do decide to self-insure or look at one of these alternative methods. Let's just make sure you address it somehow. So after the break, I want to talk about required minimum distributions and some, and some tax strategies that are helpful. You're with the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. Walking you through your retirement plan. Here's more of Retirement Ready with Tony Drake on WTMJ. Good afternoon and welcome back to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. I'm Tony Drake, certified financial planner with Drake & Associates and talking about sometimes difficult topics, exciting mm-hmm. topics, right? We get into our 60s. Is that the decade to retire? Um, maybe. question is sometimes earlier for some people, sometimes later. Depends a lot on the planning and whether you've addressed some issues, maybe come up with an income plan, thought about inflation and risk, stress tested it for different economies. Uh, but Brad, I wanted to talk a little bit because I think this is a hot topic and that's, you know, RMDs or what's referred to as required minimum distributions. I think, you know, we go through life and we put a lot of folks load up these pre-retirement accounts, these pre-tax retirement accounts, I should say. And the concept here is that when I'm working, I'm going to be in a higher tax bracket than when I'm retired. But then Uncle Sam comes knocking at 70 and a half and says, boy, you've tax deferred it. You know, now you have to start taking money out. Yeah, I mean, RMDs or required minimum distributions don't kick in in your 60s, but this is an important decade to be aware of them and and build a plan. You know, RMDs start at age 70 and a half. At that time, you're required to start taking distributions from your 401ks, your IRAs, you know, those tax deferred accounts. You know, based on the IRS's life expectancy tables, you can calculate how much you'll need to withdraw at age 70 and a half. So it starts at about 3.65%, and then every year it keeps going up a little bit. So planning for RMDs is important because if you miss one, you could get hit with a a 50% penalty plus the amount that you were supposed to take out in the first place. So there are things that we can do. Uh, early on in retirement, maybe in your 60s, you know, you know, pre-planning for these required minimum distributions, two things that, that people don't have to take out. You don't have to take out RMDs on any Roth IRAs or Roth accounts. So what are some of the strategies, Tony, that, that some people can take early on in retirement to maybe minimize these RMDs down the road? Yeah, I think, you know, we're talking about the decade of the 60s, and that's a great time to start to address this. You know, the first and probably the most popular is what we've kind of coined bracket bumping, but That's, you know, a lot of people say, well, I've heard about this Roth conversion deal, but if I take my half million or million dollar IRA or, you know, I'm just grabbing some simple numbers here, but you get the point and convert it all over in one year, I'm going to push myself up to the highest tax bracket. Mm -hmm. And the accountant says, whoa, time out. You know, what are you thinking? And that's sound advice. But what if we looked at these new brackets? They're now reduced brackets. We have a bigger standard deduction. We have a little bit more wiggle room in each bracket. And what if we do enough just to fill that so we maintain a 15, you know, 14, 12% effective rate? Now, when we get to our 70s, because we've converted a bunch over, our RMDs are smaller. 
Not only do we have those Roth dollars now that we converted over to low income tax bracket, they're growing tax free, coming out tax free. Not going to hear those two words together too often, mm-hmm. tax free. But now when we do that formula to determine how much Social Security is taxable, that's lower. So now we get to keep more of our Social Security. I think that's really important. I think another concept that's often overlooked is I'm early in retirement. Maybe I've delayed Social Security like you talked about earlier, Brad. Mm -hmm. So on paper, I don't have a lot of taxable income. Well, there's this common thought, always take your taxable money later in life. Well, no, maybe if I'm in a little to no tax bracket, I fund my early retirement income needs with my pre-tax accounts because it's not getting taxed much when I take it out. Now, again, when I get to 70s, maybe I've eliminated my RMDs over there smaller, so I'm in control of my tax bracket now versus, you know, just kind of my needs. There's also aggregation. You know, maybe you have four IRAs and you're really unhappy with one, your cousin, sister's brother's uh, nephew, or I'm being silly (laughs) here, but, you know, somebody sold you a product you've never been happy with. Take all the RMD out of there. Now, Mm -hmm. you can't do that with your retirement accounts, but with the IRAs, you can aggregate and take enough out to satisfy them all. There's also qualified longevity annuity contracts where you can delay the RMDs till 85. And, you know, one of my favorites is what's called QCDs or qualified charitable distributions. And a lot of people say, oh, charity, you know, I don't give that much money away. Doesn't have to be big numbers. If you're giving 500,000, a couple of thousand to your church, why not take that out of your RMDs? Now you don't have to pay that. So a lot of great topics are running up against the clock here. But for those that are interested in some uh, more education, we have some great classes coming up. You can visit us at wealthwisconsin.com. That's wealthwisconsin.com. You can see the upcoming schedule. Always feel free to call the office, 414-409-7226. That's 414-409-7226, whether you want to register for a class or take us up on that complimentary consultation. We'd love to sit down and talk to you, help you work through that income plan. There's never any cost or obligation. Sometimes just a second set of eyes to assure you you're in the right place. And send those questions in. We'd love to answer the questions uh, on, on the radio here. You can send those in at radio at wealthwisconsin.com. That's radio at wealthwisconsin.com. And, you know, next week we have another great topic for you. We'll be excited to talk about But uh, another great topic, another great week, Brad. What to do in our 60s, a lot of great information. Love to see you out at those classes, wealthwisconsin.com. You've been with the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. The preceding was a paid program. Advice and opinions expressed during Retirement Ready are solely that of the hosts or guests of Drake & Associates and not WTMJ Radio or Scripps Media Incorporated.